I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm here to pick a fight. Good face-off win by Bergeron. Simple walk of the blue line by Krug and set up Pasenak. Pasenak doesn't drift down to the dot. He stays out high. Try to pull Riley Nash with him a little bit. Nash feels like he's in the shooting lane, but this puck had eyes right through the legs of Riley Nash. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Scales. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you had great holidays. Tyler, how were your holidays? They were pretty good. How about yours, Dave? Uh, they were good. My daughter loved Christmas, and then New Year's, we kind of just we just went out to eat with some family. So it was it was very yeah. good. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we missed, what, six games with the Bruins? Yeah. They went 3-0-3 in that time frame. Uh, most surprising for me was the fact that Boston actually kind of got over that hump with Washington. Uh, chased Holpe after, what, four, I think maybe five goals. I think it was the fifth goal in the second period that chased him, I forget. Uh, we had the Winter Classic, which that was a fun game to watch, what I got to see of it. I saw most of that. Got the All-Star rosters getting set right now. Uh, Pasternak and Tuka Rask both uh, voted to the team. Uh, we have Kovalchuk has landed in Canada. He is now a Montreal Canadian, and Corey Corey Perry was suspended for something that he did during that Winter Classic. Yeah, a lot to talk about, Tyler. Yeah, a lot to talk about this week. Uh, anything you want to start on? Or you just want to get right to the games? Anything you want to tease? I'd love to get right into the games. We have a lot of games to talk about here. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, let's. First up, we had the Saturday, Defe- December 21st game. Overtime loss to the Nashville Predators. Four to three was the final. Let's listen to the three Boston goals from that, as told by Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley on Nesson. Corrali to Richie. The shot, a juicy rebound, and Lindholm bodies it into the goal. One of the ugliest, most beautiful goals for the Bruins of late. Krug is there. Bergeron scores on a one-timer. And the Bruins lead in the final minute of the second. Pasternak tipped by Bergeron. 105 to go, and the Bruins have tied it. All right, yeah, I mean, this was a, a pretty tough game. Boston scores first. Five minutes later, Nashville ties it up. Yeah, excuse me, later in the second period, Patrice Bergeron puts them ahead again. You know, very tight game. You could have mentioned uh, Parlin's own goal at all. Oh, yeah. You know I wanted to gloss over that. I gave the guy a D, and of course the first goal right after I give the guy a D <laughs> is Pa Lindholm with probably the ugliest goal. Yeah, that was a lucky goal. I didn't yeah. like it. All right. Do you want me to put him up to a D-plus now because he scored the very next day? Go ahead. No, I'm keeping it You know, I'm thinking about it. I kind of agree with you with the D-plus. Oh, thank you for finally, finally paying attention to me, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, I just thought he'd play a lot better. I mean, I, he had promise, but now that I'm thinking about it more, he needs to play better. I give him a D plus too. Yeah, um, it was it was good to see him score. Richie, who I think we gave like a C minus in that range, he had the assist from Sean Corrali. Robin Yossi is the one who tied it up five minutes later, and then Bergeron on the power play, just under a minute to go in the second period. Yeah, I've seen the power play get like a big improvement these last couple of games, which is pretty good to see. I think they've had a goal in the last straight five games. Yeah, at I, least one. Yeah, they've they've been. Really good on the power play. Bergeron has been great. He had two goals in this game. I think he had two goals in the next two games as well. Um, you know, moving to the third period, Nashville, Philippe Forsberg, and then Roman Yossi both score. Nashville up uh, three to two. Bergeron ties it with just under, just over a minute to go in the game. And then we move to overtime where Ryan Ellis puts the game away for Nashville. Uh, tough fought game. Wish, I wish they had taken the win on this, especially jumping out to a lead, getting the lead yeah. back, and then again tying it up. Um, unfortunately, it's been the makeup of this team lately, where you just have that shit period. And I think that was yeah. The, the, I think the overtime's been a period of worry for us. They oh, can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they just cannot win during the overtime or shootout. I mean, 
just uh, the bad giveaways just continuing. A giveaway in the overtime period is probably the worst because it could lead to a very easy breakaway. And you know what the breakaway is like with guys like Anze, nah, Jonathan Taze, and Anze Kopitar too, I think, had, an over, had a breakaway from a bad giveaway. And now with Ryan Ellis, yeah, that just can't happen. Yeah, that seems to just that one. I mean, it's the overtime, it's three on three. There's a lot of open ice out there. Of course, one uh, a bad giveaway. We've been talking about giveaways right now. Boston had uh, 13 giveaways in this game, and Nashville had 17 takeaways. So that's not exactly great. Yeah, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of like turnovers for uh, Nashville. Yeah, that's a lot of turnovers going Nashville's way in yeah. that. Um, you know, Boston goes one for four in this in this game on the power play, under fifty percent in the faceoff dot. Faceoffs are huge, especially if you're taking them in your zone. Um, the shots, I mean, they look pretty good. They only got two in overtime, but I mean that ended four minutes yeah. into overtime. I guess yeah. that was pretty good. Um, all right, let's let's just mo- let's move on. I I don't know what else to say about this game. Uh, yeah, I was I, I wanted them to get the win. They didn't. Moving on to the Tuesday, December twenty third game. Washington at Boston, seven to three. Boston win. Let's hear all seven of those goals, and we can go take a coffee break because this is gonna take a while, Tyler. Grizzly to Krejci, the wrist shot, loose in front. DeBrusque scores. Jake DeBrusque punches it past Braden Holpe. Pasternak dances over the blue line. The back foot snapshot produces juicy rebound, and Marshawn follows. The second rebound goal of the night, and Brad Marchand's first goal in 12 games. Bjork makes it 3-0. Callie Coyle does an awesome job again below the goal line. He's getting help as well from Sean Corrali, and there's your goal scorer, third man. Pasternak in front for Bergeron. He tips it home. 4-0 Boston. Awesome play by Marshawn. He comes up the left wing wall in his own zone, sees the play is going to go towards the middle, just slides off the boards in order to get the puck blocked out into center ice, avoids the hit by Verona and pushes the puck one-handed to Charlie Coyle. That was the move Coyle wanted. They just chip it into the offensive zone, and it looked like Ovechkin was just going to try to take it for granted, not once but twice. Corrali forces the turnover. Krejci tucks it. Pasternak, Ovechkin hunting Pasternak. Bergeron in your face. I, I mentioned in the open that this was the surprising thing for me. I don't remember the last time Boston put up seven goals against Washington. Uh, yeah. They started early. They scored four in the first period. Again, I, I don't remember when they pulled Braden Holby, but I don't know if that's ever been done since yeah. I've been watching hockey. Yeah, since Hol- in Holpe's career that I've seen Boston chase him. Yeah, Holpe's been a problem for us to play. Just to get seven goals in him is a huge surprise, and we didn't have a lot of shots on Holpe too. So that's pretty good. I think Holpe didn't have obviously didn't have a good game. It was nice to see us score a lot of goals on on him. Yeah, seven goals on seventeen shots. Um, Washington puts up forty two. Who was the goaltender in that game? Was that Tuka? That was Tuka Rast. That yeah. was a really good game for him. He only yeah. let in three goals. Yeah, and... 39 saves. Two of them in the third period. Uh, under five minutes to go in the game on those ones. I mean, that's basically garbage time when you're up... When you're up five to one and you give up a goal and then you get an empty netter and then give up a goal and then an empty netter. I mean, yeah, they got a little lax. They didn't play the whole 60 minutes there, but oh, yeah. they played a good 55 on this game. And uh, during the second period, I think we had a disallowed goal. Oh, did we really? Another yeah, one. Yeah, and that would be the what, problem with like this one seven. was. Oh, sorry. That would yeah, be the like problem seven. with this one is, <laughs> is that the refs didn't even say no goal. They just moved on, uh-huh. and the and the and the and the crowd in the TD Garden was so confused. Yeah, the NHL has a big problem with that. Uh, you look at the NFL, and every penalty called, you get an explanation. Any scoring change or turnover, there's an explanation of some sort in the nhl it's just goal or no goal no explanation on what the fuck is going on yeah i remember seeing uh the columbus blue jackets head coach john tortorella go off on the refs in the in the uh, review team in uh, toronto he didn't even ask any questions in the press conference yeah he got uh he got fined for that and there was something that happened there i i 
we can touch base when we go around. Yeah, the and I respect them for uh, voicing his opinions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's costing you games. I, I think that goaltender yeah. got hurt in that game. Yeah, well, it didn't even need to happen if it that goal didn't get disallowed. So I, I understand his anger. Oh yeah, losing your goaltender like that is a damn shame. Absolutely. This game was nice. You got DeBrusque who scored, Bjork who scored, Coyle, Krejci. You know a lot of a lot of other names other than you know obviously you had Marshawn. And Bergeron score in this game as well, but it's good to see yeah. that secondary score and everybody's always chirping about. But I I kind of looked at it and Krejci now has eight goals due to that game, but he's up he's up around like twenty five thirty assists, so he's starting to warm up a little bit. DeBrusk ends up in the next couple of games scoring another couple of goals. He's up to eleven yeah. or twelve right now. David Krejci has about twenty eight points right now in the season with thirty five games played, so he's been playing great. Yeah, and then, you know, at the end of this game, things got chippy. We ended up, Boston ends up losing Tory Krug, I think, in the second period, but also loses Charlie McAvoy on just a green light hit from Oshie. Yeah, no suspension came for that. It was definitely yeah, can, questionable. Yeah, definitely questionable. I'd, it was a bit of an ugly game. I, I wish the Bruins stepped up for our teammates. So, I mean, McAvoy got leveled. You should have at least stepped up for him, but nobody did. I mean, we didn't have Ch- Sedano Char on that team, so yeah. due to his jaw injury. And he's the one who usually keeps Tom Wilson, who ends up getting thrown out of this game real late, 13, 26 into the third yeah, period. Yeah, he tried to fight David Pasternak. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck fights Pasternak? We may as well try and fight fucking Patrice Bergeron. It's nice to see Pasternak sticking up for himself and not just looking for the call anymore. But yeah, Tom Wilson saw that Sedano Char wasn't in this game, and he said, all right, my turn. I'm going to have some fun. He started running a little wild. Washington is, and I hate to say it, but it's just true, is a much tougher team as far as size. They're going to come at you. You know, if Tom Wilson was on your team, you'd love him, but he's not, so you hate him. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a couple of too many men penalties. That's an issue. You gotta, you can't, you can't be taking those too many men on, on the ice penalties. There was a couple of them in these last few games, two in this game in particular. Uh, happy to get out with the win right before yeah, the holiday. Especially with a lot of goals, too. We needed that. Yeah, the Bruins definitely needed something to get themselves jump-started. So then we have the three-day holiday break. And on Friday, December 27th, Boston goes into Buffalo, beats them 3 nothing. Let's hear those three goals right now as, called, as uh, called by Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley. Everybody's on the same page. as your face-off win. Walk the blue line, get in the umbrella, move that seam pass. Nice little pump fake off the right hip by Pasternak as what happens. The Bergeron, he scores! VC, Pasternak picks his pocket, Bergeron to Pasternak, to Bergeron, to Bergeron! Perfect! Wow! To Charlie Coyle, Carlo going ahead. What a curtain call for Brandon Carlo! Bergeron, Bergeron, empty netted by Carlo. 50th career shutout for Yaroslav Halak. Very nice. Yeah, uh, very nice. Uh, again, would be my uh, seventh player vote, absolutely, this year. Tight game, 25 shots to 26 shots in favor of Buffalo. Boston actually won some faceoffs in this one, goes one for four on the power play. Outshot 10 to five in the third period, but all in all, you know, you expect that push down three goals. By Buffalo, if you didn't if you didn't have a little bit of a shot def- differential there, uh, obviously I would like to see the Bruins get more than five shots in a period. But yeah, the primary scoring on this game was very good to see, especially with Bergeron with the two goals and Pasternak and Marshan being on the board. Yeah, you know you get that first line clicking. Um, Brandon Kahlo, you just heard Jack, you know, capped off a good night for him. He was very solid defensively in that game. The whole team was obviously. I mean, yeah, you got some. You got some firepower up in there with Ristolainen, Eichel, um, even Rodriguez. Yeah, and Brendan Carlo. You know, he's been playing. He's been really improving lately. I think he played with Char uh, for a little bit for McAvoy's injury. Yeah, and he's not. I his rookie year when he played with Char, he was he looked great. It was good to see him hit the playoffs last year in his third season finally. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a 15-goal scorer for you. Uh, if you can milk 7 to 10, maybe 12 goals out of him a year, I think that would be great as long as he stays solid defensively. Yeah, and going into this new year, he's been doing really well. And now that Krug is back, 
I think we'll see a lot more from that line, that second line at least. Yeah, uh, and the power play is heating up lately too. Yeah, like so that's you even said, better. Like six, six straight games, five straight games with a power play goal. Um, not really much else to talk about in this game. Nice 3 nothing win to start the home-and-home home series with the Buffalo. Buffalo comes home on Sunday, comes to Boston on Sunday for game number 40. Um, Boston wins that one, 3-2. to two. Again, another pretty pretty close game. Bergeron pivots, uses body position to get it ahead to Marshawn. He's got Pasternak middle. He scores! Well, this is a nice shot by Steven Camp for eyes up, looking exactly where he puts this puck. Don't have it blocked. Let me find DeBrus coming out of the corner. Deft little redirect by Jake DeBrus. Nice goal score is touch. Power play goal for Boston. He hits DeBrus in stride on Ristolainen's side. Tries it and scores! Two goals in 18 seconds. Jake DeBrus gets off the schneid and how? Yeah, David Posnack another goal too, number 29. Opens the scoring with his 29th. Yep, DeBrus had a goal. Krejci with a goal. The only thing I guess I would say in this game I didn't really love was the fact that Boston only had two shots in the first period. Fortunately, they were 50% on them where Pasternak scores in that game, but very yeah. very late start, it seemed like, on that game. Yeah, and now we go into the third period with Jake DeBrus getting two goals on the power play. Two very... The first one was a very good goal, but the second one, the goalie who played for Buffalo, which was... Uh, Linus Allmark. Yeah, Linus Allmark should have gotten that one, but the two goals were David Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. I almost said David DeBrusque. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, well, David Krejci did uh, assist on that second yeah. one that you're talking about. Uh, Steven Camper up for, I don't know, what was it, maybe his 10th game of the season. Yeah. Uh, he had assists on both of DeBrusque's goals on the power play, so that's always good. Yeah. Another too many men on the pen- on the ice penalty in this game. A lot, of, a lot of trips, you know. Yeah. It was an ugly game, but it was a yeah. win. Yeah, and, and during the end of the game, I think Eichel got thrown out for a penalty on Sam Reinhardt. So. Yeah, he Jack Eichel did take a game uh, a, a ten minute misconduct penalty at the end of the game. Only about like twenty fifteen seconds left, yeah. maybe. Which was pretty stupid because you gotta you gotta tie the game. It's a really close one too, and it's against the Boston Bruins, so. You can't act stupid. Oh, yeah, Especially absolutely. being a captain like that. You know, 15 seconds left. It, there is time enough to score. You can score in 15 seconds in the National Hockey League. Was it their night? No, obviously no. not. But you can't take that penalty late. It, yeah. You're not really setting anything up for the next time you play because you just had a home-and-home. Home. I think that's the third out of the fourth time you played this year. Now on to New Year's Eve, Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, actually. This was a 1 o'clock game. Uh, Boston travels to New Jersey to lose in the shootout 3-2. to two. Let's hear all two of those goals right now. The top of the umbrella, wide open. Nice pass from DeBrusque out to Grizzly. Grizzly sets yeah. up Pasternak. He just can't close on these guys fast enough if you move the puck quickly. Look at all the Devils. Three Devils on one side of the ice below the dot. Nordstrom's blast goes off corner boards. Carlos saves it. Gets the shot all the way in. Corrali into the crease and it scores. Joaquin Nordstrom jamming away. Thanks, Jack and Brick. New Jersey with 44 shots to Boston's 30 in this game. They were 50% on the faceoff from the faceoff dot. Boston won for three in the power play. Just a bad way to start the end in the year. Yeah, New Jersey took that game over in the third period. 19 shots to five. Um, Marshawn scores Nordstrom with his fourth of the year, but that was it. Not really a, another disappointing game. Yeah, and that third period was terrible. New Jersey took over that third period. I think the Bruins only had like five shots or less. Yeah, I said that just a moment ago, 19 shots to five. Um, yeah. New Jersey outshot them. So that's just not good. No, absolutely not. And, you know, once it goes to a shootout, I just uh, I just shut the TV off at this point. I, I don't yeah. want to see the shootout. I'm tired of watching Boston lose in the shootout. I don't know if that's an indictment on the NHL's overtimes or or Boston's shootout preparation. I, I haven't quite decided on that one yet. Uh, New Jersey has Blake Coleman and Jasper Bratt scored in this game. And then 
in the shootout, Jack Hughes and Damon uh, Damon Severson. Severson with the game winner for Boston. Only try, uh, Chris Rat- Wagner scores. With a very good goal, in my opinion, but all those Severson just... <laughs> Yeah, the same exact thing. And that was that was another Halak game, I believe. Yeah, he played very good. He did. He played well. Um, just he must both goalies, but especially Halak must just say seriously, what the fuck? As soon, I know. As soon as it gets to a shootout, you especially against these basement dwelling teams. This is what the fourth team this year that they've lost to that they absolutely should have won. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I would say that I, for the first forty minutes of this game. I, I thought it was a really good game. You know, you come out of the second period up 2-1. to one. It was it was a good fought game. It's a nice game to watch. You don't want to, I mean, I like to watch hockey games. I like a nice, I like two teams playing well against each other. And that's what I saw for 40 minutes. And then New Jersey flipped a switch. Or, you know, to take, a, to take something out of one of our last episodes, you said Boston took a nap. And yeah, did again this game. Yeah, a it, big one, a long one. It's it's been an issue. I don't know if it's a coaching thing at this point. Um, what's yeah. what's Cassidy gonna do? We can talk about that in the second half of the program. Yeah, and I'm gonna mention this again and again. With games like this, you have to play every single period. I will mention it every episode if I have to. <laughs> yeah, you gotta play 60 minutes. We've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, just I want I want I want to see how many giveaways they had during this game. About um, 14, and only Bruins had five. Yeah. So, just bad. Very bad. That's all I have to say for this Devils game. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Just I mean, the terrible way to end this decade of... Yeah. A memorable Bruins decade and... Yeah, it was a very yeah. it was a very good decade. You know, you had a lot of people talking about their all-time moments from the decade. I think, obviously, the number one for everybody would be them winning yeah, the Cup. obviously. And I think, for the most part, secondly, it would be um, the three-goal comeback in Game 7 against Toronto. Uh, and for me, my third one would be the one nothing Tampa Bay game in Game 7 of the 2011 playoffs. So yeah. that's where I stand on those three. Yeah, you're playing with guys like Martin St. Louis during, the, during those kind of games. So. Yeah, that was a good, not a single penalty. Um, it was, yeah. that was a, that's one of those games I was talking about, a nice, well-played, back-and-forth game. You know, the no penalties is just, you know, I think it was a Game 7. The refs put the whistles away they wanted the boys to play. But Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, very disappointed. We just totally went off track there, but very disappointed that Boston... Well, we're talking about the whole decade, and this is yeah. the last game of the decade, so... Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. We didn't go that far off course. True. Tyler always keeping me in check. Gotta love <laughs> it. So, January 2nd. First game, yeah, of, another, first game of the decade, yeah. first game of the new year. Um, Boston played at home against Columbus, an overtime loss. Well, let's hear David Pasternak's 30th goal of the year because that's the only one Boston scored. Good face-off win by Bergeron. Simple walk of the blue line by Krug and set up Pasternak. Pasternak doesn't drift down to the dot. He stays out high, try to pull Riley Nash with him a little bit. Nash feels like he's in the shooting lane, but this puck had eyes right through the legs of Riley Nash. Another tight game. Boston opens up. I think the only positive up. goal about that uh, whole uh, goal with Pasternak was they scored on the power play again. They kept their power play streak alive, I believe. Yeah, uh, Pasternak scores early in this game. It was a tough... Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Pasternak scores about halfway through this game. Um, yeah, in the second period? Yeah, 11 minutes into the second period. Columbus uh, comes out in the third period. Sony Milano uh, scores about two minutes into the third period. And then 52 seconds into overtime, Pierre-Luc Dubois with a snapshot. And, you know, again, yeah, again. It, this this game w- was a, a good game to watch. I, yeah, I thought, I think I, the I Bruins, thought it was pretty good back and forth myself. The Bruins were a little bit better this game, and they, they could have gotten a little more shots on the goalie. Um, they had a total of 14 giveaways, so we had more giveaways than... The opposing team, so that's good to see. Um, we were perfect on the penalty kill once again. The penalty kill is going to be a lot better, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. and I mean, only six shots in the third period, um, but they only gave up nine. Yeah. Um. Sixty-five percent in the face-off dot. Twenty-six shots in total for Boston to thirty-three for Columbus. The pattern right now is you giving up a lot more shots. Than you're taking, um, 
with the exception of the seven goals that you scored against Washington on 17 shots compared to their 42 or 44. I'm, I'm going to say that you... I think I think what they're doing right now is they're trying to just shore themselves up defensively and try and get some offense off of that. So, I mean, yes, I would like to see some more shots from them. Uh, I've seen plenty of games this year and over the last few years where they skate around the offensive zone, don't even get a shot off or even a shot attempt off, and the puck's going the other way. So at least right now there's a good number of shots. I think anything over 25, and you've had a pretty decent game as far as shots. That's it for the six games that we missed since we took our little holiday break. Uh, we do want to talk also about the Winter Classic. New Year's Day, I believe, was the only game on. It was a 4-2 to two Dallas win over Nashville. I started watching that game late in the second period, uh, probably actually maybe about halfway through the second period. I missed Cordy Perry's elbow. That, that was a dirty hit. Yeah, I got Going some... into the Winter Classic, about three minutes in, an elbow to the head to Ryan Ellis. Talk about dirty. Yeah. That, that is just neat. And a huge example of dirtiness on the ice. And to see Corey Perry on that walk of shame was so satisfying. Was he ejected? He was ejected oh, after good. the head. Yeah. So he, he gets a five-game suspension from the league. So he almost gets basically six games. He's just yeah. not going to get paid for five of them. Talk about a little bit of a black eye on the league. I know. It's, it's the one just... game on. It's It's hyped up. Throughout the year, I mean, they announce it one year in advance who's going to be playing. Yeah, it's like the second game I watched that was like not Bruins. And I love the Winter Classic. I love how this Winter Classic was so unique with uh, the Cowboy feel, the Western feel. Yeah, it was just like, one of the more unique ones in the and in the Cotton Balls wool. Yeah, it was definitely a good game to watch. I think the weather was perfect for the game, it, yeah. or at least it looked like you watch some of these outdoor games. You got the Stadium Series that usually comes up later in the month. That you look out there and you see the ice is just just looks like a like a light powder over it from all the all the snow that you create yeah. trying to stop. This one didn't look that bad to me. Um, yeah, it looked like it was the it, again. It just looked like the weather was perfect for it. Yeah, and uh, Nashville um, did kind of the same thing we've been doing, just turning off the light bulb. Yeah, and uh, just not playing well. Dallas came back in this game with about four goals. I think three in the third period with um, Alexander Radulov getting the lead for the team. This was a really good game for Dallas. They played very well into the second and third period. Nashville, I don't know what happened to them, but yeah. they, sh- they just need to get better. Dallas uh, Dallas was playing hard in the, the second period from what yeah, I saw. Yeah, it was a very and, physical game, too. You know, it went into mission, and I, I turned the game back on, and all of a sudden it was two to uh, two more goals. That, uh, it was three to two because yeah. after the second period it was two to one. And... You know, that's, I think that's a, a fun game to watch. Yeah. You know? But you obviously got to take out that Corey Perry bullshit because yeah. it's just unnecessary. Yeah. With that gone, I, that was just a very good game that I enjoyed to watch. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at BostonBeeParty1. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Scales. And we have been just reviewing the last six games of the Boston Bruins. We talked about a little bit about the Winter Classic. Uh, Tyler, how do you feel about the outdoor games, by the way? I think they're pretty cool to see. Uh, I think it's something different. Probably something a lot of fans could like. I think it could like, be more something for fans that would want to see to get more popular. Yeah. I think they would love to see it. And it's on NBC, too, so... It brings a lot more viewers in, which is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great way to promote the league. I agree yeah. with that. But as far as the gameplay, again, as long as the weather's fine like this past one was, there's been a couple that weren't so great. Um, I remember the – I knew somebody who went to the Winter Classic in Boston when it was at Fenway, and he said it was terrible to watch uh, in that stadium. I would think that watching it more in a football stadium like the Cotton Bowl or like they had when it was in Gillette is probably a better spot to see. Yeah. I think it's set up a little bit better to watch a game like that. Yeah, more fans could watch it too. It could be a huge attendance. I know for the Dallas game, Dallas Nashville game, it was a really big one, the second most attendance in NHL history. So yeah, pretty good. 80K fans. 
yeah, I was just I was just curious about your thoughts. I meant to ask you when we were talking about the uh, the All Star Classic. Yeah, it's yeah, just the, a good way to bring one more viewers in, as you said. Dumbass Dave, it's not the All Star Classic; it's the Winter Classic. <laughs> we're gonna move on to the All Star Game. The All Star Game coming up in St. Louis this year, and the Boston Bruins have three members of their team going: uh, David Postonak. Tuka Rask voted onto the team. David Postnock will be the captain of the Atlantic Division. We also have Bruce Cassidy as a coach. He will be coach of the Atlantic Division as well. January 25th will be the All-Star Game in St. Louis. What do you think? You think that's good? You think? Yeah, I think Postnock as a captain might be really beneficial to watch because, you know, Zidane Chara, he might, this might be his last year as a Bruin. Unfortunately, we've, he's done so much for us. If they want a captain for the Bruins, Pasternak could be a good one because you got you got guys like Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid who are young, are captains and and I've seen Pasternak in the behind the D games. He's actually mostly like a guy who like wants to communicate with this team, forms something good, and uh, I think he could do something great for it for being a Bruins captain. Yeah. If not, Patrice Bergeron is obviously the second pick. Right. Uh, Bergeron is on the final man in vote. Um, and I'm a little disappointed in the fan voting or however it works. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm happy that David Pasternak was fan voted to be a captain. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it shows, I mean, what's this his fourth, fifth, fifth year in the league, I believe, yeah. uh, the growth that he has shown. Uh, I think it's fucked up that Brad Marchand is not going to the all-star. I game. agree with you, but, um, he I is can... fifth in the league in scoring fifth in the league in scoring and he's not – he – I love Patrice Bergeron, but he should have been the last man vote since yeah, he wasn't voted in naturally. I think you have to understand that the fan base around Martian is mostly hate. He just gets a lot of hate from people outside the le- outside of the Bruins League. I hate Connor McDavid, all right? I said it. Yeah, I said it. He's coming to town today. I hate Connor McDavid. Um, actually, that's that's I know that's a tough stretch and all, but yeah, let, I disagree let, with you let, wholeheartedly let, about right, that one. All right, that argument's all fucked up. But let's say I hated Connor McDavid. All right, I love Connor McDavid. I think he is an all-star all right. player. I disagree with you. Quit kissing badly his ass. about that. Quit kissing his ass. All right, let me finish. He's what a I'm good saying. player. I mean, you have to watch some of his highlights. Let's say I hated him. All right. I would still okay. vote for him because he's a phenomenal player. Okay. Okay. I I actually don't like Sidney Crosby. I think he's a that probably would have been a better way to do this. I, I can understand why, but <laughs> but I I don't like Sidney Crosby. I think he's a crybaby. Um, but would I still vote for him for the All Star game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's as long as you see yeah. skill. That's so um, that yeah. I can agree if with. I felt he was being snubbed as a hockey fan, I would vote for him. All right, that's that's neither here nor there because I think that Brad Marchand uh, should be going to the All Star game. I think this argument is a good time to start our uh, Boston Bee Party penalty kill. Short-handed bid. Marshawn and Bergeron going to work. Marshawn turns to the forehand, holds. The Bruins will begin the second period on the penalty kill. The short-handed breakaway and a save by Schneider. Marshawn, short-handed. All right, a new segment we got going on here, the Boston Bee Party Penalty Kill, brought to you by absolutely no one because we're not sponsored. This power play for the is going to be about why Brad Marchand needs to go to the All-Star game. Uh, I think it's bullshit. I, I, you're saying it's the fans hate him. Then you're not real fans. Honestly, you that's know? true. He's a skilled player. He has almost 60 points in the game. He's got 30, almost 40 assists. He's got... 42 games played, and he's got about 20 goals, so that's really good. A 20-plus minus, four power play goals, which is very good to see. He carried this team when Bergeron was hurt. He, yeah. was, he was carrying this team for a little while when Pasternak went cold. And, you know, I, again, I mentioned he's fifth in the league in scoring. I think it's really fucked up that he's not. Yeah, he, he's was, not the, he should have been the fan vote. Was he even considered for this? I, I think I think there's – I forget how the voting goes. Uh, he – I don't remember seeing him on the vote for captain. I don't know if that was all together. So yeah, if he it, was, if he wasn't on the ballot, then screw the NHL on this one because that's just bullshit. You have yeah. one of your highest scoring players 
not going to the All-Star game, and he is... Yeah, but let me say this. I get it. He can be a pest. He's probably one of the best ones I've seen. But at the end of the day, he is a skilled player who gets who has contributed to the Bruins team so much. Without him, I don't think we could have been at least top five in the league for standings. Without him, I think something really different would have happened to this team. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think he absolutely carried the Bruins uh, through that little stretch back in November where they needed it with the Bergeron out. He's fifth in the league with 59 points, one behind David Parstenach. Um Yeah, but for Patrice a while... Patrice Bergeron, he... again, uh, who I love, Patrice Bergeron, who I absolutely love, isn't even on the list of goal uh, points leaders. And all the rest of these guys in this top 10 here, they're all going... To the All Star game, yeah, and he isn't. So uh, that's a shame. That... Shame on the NHL. Yeah, and for a while, Martian was on the was the team leader behind Pasternak, and now that Pasternak's on the lead, so all right, that was the Boston Bee Party penalty kill. We got to move on from that because I'm just getting upset. The last thing I want to talk about on the All Star game is the stupid rule that the NHL has in place that if the if your players are voted in and they choose to skip the All Star game, they will be suspended for one game. And they get to choose either the game before the All-Star game or the game after the All-Star game. The reason I feel this is a stupid rule is uh, Alexander Ovechkin came out and said he will not be going to the All-Star game. Because at this point in his career, he feels it's better for him and his team to rest up for that, that long weekend. Yeah, I mean, the intention is very reasonable. I mean... He also got Mark Andre Fleury, who's also not going to be participating in the All Star game. So he'll be suspended a game. Yeah, which is stupid. Um, yeah, the, I think most players just focus on the NHL playoffs. I think that's the reason why they mostly skip this. They don't want to go to an exhibition and show off their skills. They want to just win a cup for their for their home team. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, the at a younger age, a guy like Pasternak, it's perfect for him to go. He is 23, where Alexander Ovechkin, a little bit older, what, early 30s for him. Uh, yeah, his yeah. body's going to need a little extra rest, and it, it it's an absolute honor. He's not taking away from the fact that he he thanks the fans for voting him in, but he just he feels that is uh something he needs to do so tyler i guess my question to you is going to be what do you feel about that rule should the nhl change it or should they keep it as is? They should absolutely change it i mean you got you, they, have, they have a good reasoning for not participating in this all-star game i mean it's not to go to it as a whole but if you don't even participate in you should not you just tell them i can't do it i mean i just can't do it for a good reason it's just a stupid rule yeah i don't like it the, the NFL uh, has never done anything like that. I don't think baseball has ever yeah. done anything like that. And I understand it. Maybe you change the rule. Uh, well, if you're not going to play in the All-Star game, you need to at least show up. I, for, at least it's for not the game. You don't have to play in it. Show up for the game. Wave thanks to fans. Do a little sign and meet and greet. Yeah. And then, you know, don't do the skills competition, any of that crap. But, you know, I... I I understand that NHL feels that you owe the fans, but, I mean, the guy's making the right choice for Yeah, himself. he's making the right if, choice. If Chara was voted to the All-Star team yeah. this year, and he, he said, said, you know no. what, I'm 42 years old, I, I'm not going, I need the extra three days, would you really be upset about that? Yeah. I, again, like a, a Matthew Barzal or David Poston, like, oh, all right, you know what, shut up and get to the damn All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, moving around the league right now. Ilya Kovalchuk signed a one-year, two-way contract with the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. $700,000 league minimum, and it's two-way, so if he goes down to the AHL because he's playing terrible, then his contract's only worth $70,000. I'll sign on the dotted line for either one of those two numbers right now. I would love that. Um, I think that he would have been a good try for that short money. Yeah. I, I know Boston's up against the cap. I think he could probably make it work especially where he's got a two-way contract. You could play the game of paper transactions up and down for a couple of days off to save a couple of dollars. Uh, I don't know if Kovalchuk would have gone for that, you know, knowing that he'd be up and down, but uh, I think uh, Montreal has a, a low-risk, a low high-reward situation up there with Kovalchuk. Yeah, uh, Kovalchuk is an amazing player. He gets a lot of goals for the team. I mean, I think... For a right winner, could be great for the Canadians. It was, it could have been great for us, in my opinion. But yeah, Colt Wilchuk's like a star player. He was a star player back in uh, 2001, 2004, those days. So 
I think Canadians needed a guy like him on their teams. I think somebody said they're getting desperate for a player, so I think desperation could come in handy with uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that one bit. Yeah, I, again, I think you're, if you're looking for that right winger, I think Kovalchuk could have you could have had him play yeah. in that spot. It's unfortunate, but... I, I think for, I think for that, that short yeah. of money, I mean, un- unless you talk to him, and you, you, I I think I think it was Bob Beers I heard say something to the extent of when LA was in town, they said the, and I, I'm completely paraphrasing here, is something to the extent of yeah, Cole Chuck's good if you you're okay with him being on his own program. Maybe Boston looked at that and said, no, I don't know. I think you need that little extra scoring touch. I think every time. Uh, a player becomes available for trade or signing or whatnot. The team seems to like pick it up for a couple of weeks, like it has in the last week. Kind of pick it up a little bit. So it's like, eh, maybe we don't. But I don't. Know. I think Kovalchuk would have been an okay fit here. I understand why they didn't do it. Uh, you mentioned to me something about John Tortorella uh, going off about uh, the officiating. Yeah. Um I did I did see something quick about that. Uh what happened in that situation there? So John Tortorella, he spoke to the press conference. Spoke to the press about what happened during that game. What was so bullshit about it. What happened in the game? So the Columbus Columbus scored during the overtime, but the goal was reviewed and then it was reviewed at no goal. Probably an offside. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a goal that Columbus got during the end of the overtime period, but... But it was called no goal Yeah, because... called no goal. Then later on in the shootout, the goaltender got in- injured. Okay. And if that never happened, that no goal never happened, the, the goaltender would never have gotten injured, so... So did That's the, why he was mad. Did the NHL not, like, say anything? Did the referee not say anything on the ice as to why it was no goal? Is that part of the issue? Most likely, that yeah. could have been the issue. I think, the, again, this happened during the Boston game. The fans are really confused... So, yeah, I, I yeah, and that's why I bring it up because yeah. I mean, um, Cassidy didn't go out and like rip the officiating when he probably could have. I don't. I Tortorella has been known to do stuff like that yeah. to just go off in the press, and that's okay. That's his style. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of him, but I I respect him as a coach. Um, I think in my opinion he's the best coach in this league because he just he gives good criticism. Even to the press, he shows it. Yeah, I, I think the funniest thing he did was when he answered the reporter's phone and talked to the reporters mo- last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the NHL really needs to come up with it. I think we might have mentioned this earlier. You know, the NHL will always announce what's going on on a penalty or, or an overturned call. Uh, I think the NHL does a piss-poor job of it. You yeah, know, I agree. It's, it's just... Wave it off or point to center ice and go. No explanation. You know there was um, there was a goal in the playoffs where the puck disappeared from view and it was called a goal and it should have been a goal in my opinion. So but they I went over interrupt it you for a minute. And you were wondering if they were going to overturn it because there was nothing definitive. Uh, yeah. But you could clearly you couldn't see the puck in the net, but you could see it disappear behind the post so. so yeah before i forget i want to mention one of the goals during the boston and columbus game during the start of this the first period like 25 seconds in the columbus got a goal i think it was a goaltender literally a goaltender interference to rask it was called a no goal but i could have questioned that i think that should have been a goal okay so uh it's not just boston getting screwed by toronto right now yeah all right, moving on to the next thing around the league. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Roenick said something stupid on the air. I guess this is a reminder to anybody trying to do this stuff is be mindful of what you're saying. Um, I'm sure his wife isn't very happy with him right now for what he said. Uh, and, you know, uh, he was on the Spitting Chicklets podcast and he made some sort of threesome reference. I'm not going to get too into it. But that's something that happened over the week. Uh, I thought he was a great analyst on NBC. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to be suspended for. But, uh, you know, I think he's got more more to make up with his marriage than he does with the public and his coworkers. Yeah, I, I wonder what he was drinking during this podcast. He must have been drunk. <laughs> he, yeah. must have, he really must have been drunk. Yeah. he's. Uh, you cannot bring that up during a, anywhere. No, be professional. That that's not that is not uh, professional at all. What he said. Yeah, that's not something you talk about behind the mic. Uh, moving on to the NHL standings, uh, we'll do a little bit of a quick mid-season prediction as well. Looking at the Eastern Conference right now, Washington with 61 points, Boston with 59, 
Tampa Bay rounds out the wild card right now uh, at 48 points. Philadelphia at 49. Philly rounds out. Carolina's first in the wild card. Philly's second in the wild card. Um, predictions coming out, coming into the second half. Say the standings stay where they are right now. You can see that all right over there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think the uh, the final Atlantic Division standings will be? I think the Bruins can stay there at, at the moment. I mean, if they play, they continue to play like they do, and then New Jersey and Columbus can, and they're not going to keep that. Toronto or Tampa Bay could easily take that first spot. I think the Bruins, if they keep it up, starting with this upcoming game in, oil, in the Oilers game, they could potentially, if they beat them, I think they can keep it for a good amount of time. Going into March, they can probably stay in the first spot. Yeah, if uh, I think this would be a good way to start to jumpstart because you, you're right. Today at 1 o'clock, Boston plays Edmonton, and if you can pull out a big win there, that would be great. Uh, yeah, I think you, that's a good way to really yeah. kick off the second half and maybe start that snowball downhill. Yeah. Um, now moving up to the Metropolitan, you got Washington, the Islanders, and Pittsburgh in that order. Washington, nobody's going to catch Washington over there. Pittsburgh, I definitely think, would give them their best run. Although the Islanders have played really well over the last couple of years. Yeah, they've been getting they've been getting a lot of good players like Matthew Barzell on that team. So, yeah, if the standings were to stay where they are today, you would have uh, Carolina and Philly pushing on that wild card. Pittsburgh is the one person you have to worry about over there with all their yeah. experience. I, I know it's easy to say that Pittsburgh will beat Washington because they did it for so many years until yeah. two years ago. But if Pittsburgh can get themselves healthy, they they were really they've really been pulling it on lately. Um, yeah, I believe Crosby and Malkin have. Well, Crosby has been injured for a while. I think he. Yeah, once he gets back, I think the Islanders are going to drop down to at least third in that spot. Yeah, and it might take time for Crosby. Maybe around March he'll get really good. My my prediction for an Eastern Conference final is going to be Boston-Pittsburgh. Yeah, I see that too. Well, actually, no, I don't. But the way Boston's been playing with these bad teams, during the playoffs, you have they been that kind of entry into the first round or second round? I don't think they can make it. I think it could be Pittsburgh and uh, Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. All right, we'll see. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's wrong. We both got Pittsburgh at least going to the uh, yeah ECF. So there you go. Moving on to the West, uh, the Central Division: St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas. One, two, and three. Fifty-eight, fifty, fifty-eight points for St. Louis, and both other teams tied at fifty-two. Winnipeg and Edmonton with 47 points each in the wild card. Also, Calgary with 47 points as the third spot right now. Coming out of the Central Division. Um, I got St. Louis staying the first. They are an incredible team with guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. So, yeah, and David Perron, too. They got a lot of star players on that team that really bring their game serious. Every period, they're physical. They got good offense, and they got good defense. You got Alexander, Alexander Petrangelo on that team as well, so... A lot of good players on that team. Colorado, I think they could most likely catch up with them. Nathan McKinnon and Mika Ratnan, they've been doing great on that team. Uh, they got a good captain with Gabriel Landeskog. Dallas, they play like they do with the Nashville game. They could have a possible chance of catching up with those teams. I don't know if they'll make the wild card. I don't know if they keep that third spot. I, I, think, I think I agree with you on Dallas. I think... If Dallas makes the playoff, it's going to be in a wild card spot. Um, I, although Minnesota is the next closest there, uh, yeah. I, I think Dallas is pretenders. Uh, I do think that Colorado is going to give St. Louis a good run for its money in the second yeah. half of the season. Um, I could see Colorado coming out of the Central, uh, moving over to the Pacific. You got Vegas, fifty-two points. Arizona, Vancouver, uh, right behind there, two and three out of there. Arizona is my biggest surprise over in that division right Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. Actually, Vancouver, you could say, is kind of a surprise over there, too. they got a real young team. They've been yeah. rebuilding over the last few years, losing the Sedins, although they never really did them very much. Coming out of the Pacific, you know, you got to throw in Edmonton over there and Winnipeg and Calgary. I think Vegas could keep that first spot. I, Arizona, I mean, they're close, but I don't think they'll be able to keep catch up with the Vegas Golden Knights. Vancouver, I, I don't think they'll keep that. Yeah, I think Vancouver's the one that's going to drop over here. 
uh, only being one point ahead of the wild card. I think, the, unfortunately, it's not their year. I don't see them making the playoffs. I think Winnipeg, Edmonton, and even Calgary, for that matter, are uh, better options over there. I, I'm going to say I see Edmonton coming out of the Pacific Division. Right? I think they can make Did, the playoffs. Do I have that right? Uh, um, so, uh, moving on to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Colorado Edmonton. Okay. For the Western Conference Final. I'm gonna go with St. Louis and uh, I'm gonna go with St. Louis and Edmonton. I think Edmonton can catch up with them, and you know I think this might be Edmonton's first playoff run in a while. I don't think they made the playoffs last year too. I think they were close, but if this year they can, I think they can make the conference finals. Could see a really serious team to look out for. Okay, yeah, I mean, I definitely think Edmonton's a, a tough team to play yeah, against. They got, they got McDavid and Dreisaitl, two guys who have the most points in the NHL. They could bring that into the uh, Western Division for the playoffs, and then maybe going if they go into the finals, McDavid would want that Smythe Trophy. Yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll have to see how it plays out. There's not a lot of playoff experience up there in Edmonton over the last few years. So, and you know, Calgary made it last year as the one seed in the West. And they were gone in what four or five games, so you know you don't have that playoff experience. It's it's a different animal, they say. Now, obviously, this is just a halfway point, but throwing it out there, Tyler, uh, you have who do you have coming out of the Eastern Conference Final between Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay for you? Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh can try and get another cup with Crosby and, one more time. And who do you get, they want it? Who do you get coming out of the West? Uh, St. Louis or Edmonton tough one but probably st louis i think they want to go two years in a row yeah you think they're gonna win it you think? Uh, it's tough it's really tough but i think it could be close but maybe pittsburgh i think pittsburgh and with the uh, team they got right now they could try and go for it okay so my opinion could change no, during the that, amount of months. I, I like it. It's good. You got Pittsburgh going all the way, winning it all versus St. Louis. I'm going to go Boston versus Edmonton in the Stanley Cup, old school style, but I'm going to say Boston pulls it off this time. Uh, that could just be a little fan for me. That's a little bit of confidence right there. Yeah, I, that's just, you know, again, I'm just some schmuck throwing it out there. But going um, – Going into the second half of the season, I think Boston's going to turn it around. I think they're going to make a move at the trade deadline, which will come up on the power play in a few minutes. We'll talk about that. And then Edmonton, I think I think today you're going to see a uh, Stanley Cup final preview. And I yeah, think, so I think I'm really excited for it. Very important game to watch here. That does it for our midseason predictions. Let's move on to the Boston B Party power play. Final seconds of the power play. Bobrovsky makes the save. The power play. And the Bruins produce a power play goal. What needs to be done before the trade deadline? What piece needs to be moved and what piece needs to be brought in? So I think one of the things that the Bruins could do is review three players that I think might be traded. One that I want to be traded is Danon Heinen. He hasn't played well during these last couple of games. Giveaways have been a huge huge um bad thing for the uh Bruins lately uh so yeah he's been given up he, he's been, had some bad puck management which is why Cassidy sat him in New Jersey um so that he could see the ice from a different level and it looked like he responded in uh the Columbus game um he is playing his off wing right now so yeah so he's one of the players I can, I want to consider for a trade for uh, for two teams right now Columbus and Carolina that I might want to look for for a trade Three players that I had for, uh, oh, four players, three for Columbus and one for Carolina, that we could get are Lucas Walmark, Oliver Borkstrand from the, for for Carolina, Lucas Walmark, for Columbus, Oliver Borkstrand for a right winner we might need, who can score a lot. I've seen that in the Columbus playoff games. He's scored quite a bit for uh, Columbus. And two centers that could be Lucas Wenberg and Alexandre Texier. And the two players for the Bruins that we might need might unfortunately be traded are Carson Coleman and Zach Sinishin. Um, Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on the Heinen 
part of that. I think um, Heinen is probably your best trade piece right now with, either, uh, I'd say, maybe a third rounder. I'd go after New Jersey's Blake Coleman myself. Uh, he yeah. is a center. I think the Bruins need a right wing, obviously, yeah. for that second line. But I don't think the New Jersey will trade him. He's been their best player yet. So not that Taylor Hall went away. He's been doing really well for their team. I don't yeah. think they want to trade him. I think for the right package, maybe I maybe I have to give up a uh, a Coleman or a submission with that. But I think Heinen is your best trade piece. You're gonna get the best value for him right now. I don't know about Coleman being traded right now since he's been injured so much. Yeah. Although Sinishin is coming back from an injury as well. Um, I do like the. Well, I'm sorry. Who was the right winger from Columbus? You mentioned uh, Oliver Borkstrand. Yeah, I definitely would look into that being a natural right winger you said um yeah. but i think if you could pull off a trade for coleman you could move him to that third line center if need be and centers yeah. have a much easier time learning to play a wing so you never know he might fit in on that right wing um, yeah and we can probably look at some other teams that are in the wild card right now that we could potentially gain for a good trade i think another team we could probably look at is the new york islanders probably some players down there that and the, are on the bottom six for the Islanders that we could consider getting. Definitely. I mean, you got to look everywhere. But right now, I think for the last, it seems like, 100 years, uh, the Bruins have been looking for that right wing, second line right wing, and third line center. Yeah, because uh, we're looking at Brett Richards right now. He's been uh, pretty disappointing for yeah. our team lately. Why don't you just throw Paul Lindholm in, though? <laughs> <laughs> you want that to happen. No, I, I really don't. Um, yeah, so that does it for the Boston B-Party power play. Kind of a double minor on that one, but that's okay. Moving forward, we mentioned that today Boston plays Edmonton at 1 o'clock. Uh, this will be out after that game is over probably. Tuesday, we go. Vi- Boston goes to visit Nashville. Um, I think Boston will be going down there looking for a little bit of revenge after what happened just a week or so ago. And then Thursday, they play Winnipeg back home. What do you think about today's game, Tyler? What do you think... Uh, Boston needs to do no giveaways. This is the one game that we can't do it. Especially if we get that first line out there with McDavid and Drysaddle. You cannot give away the puck. I want to see the fourth line against that top line because I feel that our fourth line has really been starting to pick it up lately. Yeah, I want to see um, that happen too. They they come out there with the energy that they're looking more like that fourth line we saw for most of the season last year. Um, I and I like the fact that we that Boston can put out their uh, fourth line against the other team's top lines to kind of make that matchup. And you're at home, so you can create that yeah. matchup yourself. And I might take a bit of a risk here. Even though all the players for both Boston and Edmonton are very good, big star players, I think the goaltender will be outstanding this game. And for a goaltender this game, it could be it could be Rask. Uh, we can take a quick look at that. That should be out. Um, but I I think this yeah. is gonna be a, I think this is gonna be a nice tough fought game. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a 3-2 to two game. I'm going with Boston. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to one Boston with this one. 2-1 to one Boston? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Boston has a little something to prove considering their last two overtime, well, shootout yeah. and then an I overtime think this loss. Be a, I, unfortunately, I think it'll be one period. That way they won't be playing really well. Yeah. Like first period, they might do very good, but then it's like the second or third. Edmonton could dominate with like a double-digit shots on the board. Yeah, it looks like Halak's going to start today. Okay. So um, I I think Halak is slowly starting to take over in that spot, and you know I'm a big Tuka spot, uh, Tuka uh, defender, but he's been playing he's been playing the better out of the goaltenders yeah. lately, so I, I agree with the move. Uh, moving on to Tuesday at Nashville. Nashville is a pretty decent team, like we mentioned earlier. They are fifth in the wild card race right now at 42 points. Uh, again, I think Boston's going to want to look to give a little revenge. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I think I think Boston could win this game if they beat Edmonton to get on a bit of a win streak with some decent teams they're going to be playing against. I think Nashville, they, they're going to come with the energy of vengeance on their side. And I think they'll get a 4-2 to two win over uh, Nashville. 4-2 to two win over Nashville? I like it. Uh, yeah, I think Boston's going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after last time so i'm gonna i'm gonna call a three to one victory on this one okay uh, and then thursday night back home against winnipeg winnipeg is first in the wild card out west with 47 points 
Winnipeg is one of those teams I thought was going to have a better start to the season. They kind of started slow and have been turning it on a little bit lately. Yeah. I like their goaltender, uh, Hellebuck. Is it Connor Hellebuck? He's a UMass Amherst, or is he UMass Lowell product? He's UMass, that's for sure. I think that's going to be another one of them tight games, but I'm going to call it uh, I'm going to call it a four to two victory in uh, Winnipeg's favor, getting an empty better. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, I also think it's going to be a four to two victory over uh, um, Boston. I think Winnipeg will take <laughs> that game, and I think for a sleeper for the Stanley Cup Finals, I think the Winnipeg Jets will be taking it for uh, the sleeper. I think Winnipeg has got those players like Patrick Lane, Mark Lane, Lane, uh, Mark Scheifel, and uh, Blake Wheeler. Two, three good players on that team. That Blake Wheeler, former Boston Bruin. Yeah, three good players on that team. So, yeah, I, I think Winnipeg's going to take the win over Boston for uh, next for the third game. Within the last like ten minutes, you just changed your Stanley Cup prediction. I love it. Oh, I just I just said that there's a sleeper, and I'm not going to change it. But if I had a sleeper, it'd be Winnipeg. It's Who would the, be your sleeper? Oh, if I had to do a sleeper in the league right now, huh? Yeah, for a, to, to for a Stanley Cup contender. To fight their way in and make it to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. A team that wouldn't that a lot of players wouldn't think would make it, but they actually might do it. Uh, There's a lot of teams out there. Gun, gun to my head, top two choices would be Arizona and Florida. I think Arizona, um, you know, they just got Taylor Hall. Uh, I think, though, I think Florida would be. If I had to pick one of those two, I'd go with Florida. Okay. So yeah, they got Barkov, Huberdeau, a couple of sleepers down there in the bottom six that do really good. Yeah, so. you got Mike Hoffman over there. He's a good player. He's yeah. not really the best offensive player right now, but he's, yeah, you know, he's a good player. Yeah, Ekblad and Yandel, good defenseman players. Oh, I love Yandel. Yeah, he's very good. He's Yandel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In Arizona, they got Phil Kessel on that team now, Taylor yeah. Hall, two star players on that team that they now have they needed are yeah. now starting to get Kessel brings Pacific Division. Kessel brings all that playoff like experience. Yeah. But I just I don't believe in uh Arizona. I know that they're right now sitting second in the Pacific oh, with well, fifty points. I, I don't know they'll keep it. Yeah. It's I, it's tough to I don't, see. I don't know if they can maintain it, especially yeah. now you got a guy like Hall who yes he's playing for a contract, but he was playing for a contract all year. And his production really hasn't been stellar, has it? No, I think he's had like at least two points for Arizona at the moment. <coughs> I think in his first game, he got a goal. I think he had an assist in the first game and a goal in his second or yeah. third game. I, I, I could be wrong on that one. Yeah, and he got this like, like Clayton Keller, too, that I just thought of. A good, promising yeah. star player right there. He's a good one. Yeah. Hey, how's your fantasy team doing, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <neither laughs> I don't do even I. know. Uh, it's, it's terrible, right? Most I, likely. Well, I I know I invited you to the league and I sent you over, but I didn't even realize until after we played each other the first time that you were actually in the league. That's how not I've been paying attention to my fantasy hockey team. Yeah, I, just, I deleted the app for iPhone storage. Yeah, so back to t- Taylor Hall. Uh, eight goals, 22 assists. Not exactly lighting the lamp out there. Uh, well, obviously that's some of the... Um, New Jersey stats as well. But, yeah, that's part of why I didn't want him here. Um, you, you gave up, what, three prospects to get him out there. So yeah. hopefully they can sign him if that's what they want to do. But I, I just don't see him making much of a splash to get them to the playoffs. Uh, I've mm-hmm. seen more out of Florida this year. Yeah. So this has been the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Scales. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. But he's on the same page. Here's your face-off win. Walk the blue line. Get in the umbrella. Move that seam pass. Nice little pump fake off the right hip by Pasenak. As what happens. The Bruins are on. He scores. VC. Pasenak picks his pocket. Bergeron to Pasenak. The Bergeron. The Bergeron. Perfect. Wow. To Charlie Coyle. Carlo going ahead. What a curtain call for Brandon Carlo. Bergeron pivots, uses body position to get it ahead to Marshawn. He's got Pasternak middle. He scores! Oh, this is a nice shot by Stephen Camper. Eyes up, looking exactly where he puts this puck. Don't have it blocked. Let me find the brush coming out of the corner. 
deft little redirect by Jake DeBrusque. Nice goal score is touch. Powell play goal for Boston. He hits DeBrusque in stride on wrist. The line inside. Tries it and scores! Two goals in 18 seconds. Jake DeBrusque gets off the schneid and Howe. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting!